Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And welcome once again to the H&J Daily, some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. We were very lucky to have a sporting great in mm. uh, with us. Uh, Stephen Hendry. Yeah, he was on good form. Seven-time snooker world champion, uh, and his book's excellent. Highly recommended, uh, and hope that comes across in our chat with him. Uh, you had a great anecdote from the weekend. I loved it. Actually. Yeah, I, I did promise you that yesterday, and you'll hear that. Yeah. Um, uh, I had a bit of a chat about various food, stuff. food served at a banquet. Yeah, That's and he got idea. involved in that. And and a restaurant. Clips a re- of the month. Oh, yeah. Clips of the month went down a storm, so uh, we'll bring you those. <laughs> well, I say that. I'm talking myself up, really. Just, I mean, people barely <laughs> listened. So we'll play that for you. Anyway, it, you get the This is it. Six minutes past one. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Shall I get this story out of the way? It's not that. It's not as dramatic as it sounds, but it's a good tease, isn't it? I slept in Jim White's bed. Oh, yeah, go on. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, so, anyway, there I was. So, anyway, there I was. <laughs> mind my own business. And this Scotsman side was up to me. No, it's not, that's not the way it happened. Um, I, was, I, I flew in from Boston to Madrid yes. on... Uh, on my own because I'd been seeing my son over there and of course I didn't think for one minute I was due to come back Sunday to London I didn't think for one minute yeah. Tottenham would make the Champions League final so when they did <laughs> I just faith. Yeah, well, yeah right yeah of course I should have, I should have uh, should have expected it yeah. so block book the next 10 I'd I mean say. I wasn't as sure as Adrian Durham was because he fancied us all the way didn't he oh, yeah, did he's he got re- sunstroke is he alright <laughs> a bit more factor 58 for goodness sake so anyway um, I I was my friends weren't getting into sort of lunchtime to Madrid, so I had a little bit of uh, time to kill. So I said to our guys who were over there, obviously mm. working, and the, the team over there, the Moose and Saggers and everybody, and Jim had done the show the day before. And mm. so I said to the producers, to Laurie, uh, I'll pop in and see, have a bit of breakfast with you. He said, Yeah, do that. And so I did. And Jim came down, we had a bit of breakfast, the three of us, and the Moose joined us. And then that was the end of the buffet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did. They did send. They did send out for reinforcements when they saw him come in. They did play the Jaws theme. Uh, yeah, they, yeah, they took off the soft music. So anyway, yeah. uh, we just sit having a chat, and um, I'd had an hour's kip on the plane. It wasn't the greatest of flights because you know I'd taken off six o'clock in the evening, six hour flight. You don't get much kip, do you? By the time no. you fall asleep, time yeah, it's all awkward. So I was a bit, yeah. a bit knackered. I think it's Very fair to say. Yeah. So the suggestion: Jim was leaving his room. Um, someone else was taking his room over from the production team a little bit later on. Uh, that day mm. so there was this window a window there was this window of Jim leaving it 
For me, a couple of hours shut eye and a, and a shower. Had the bed been made? Well, look, there were two. <laughs> there were two beds pushed okay. together, right? right? And I was very aware that the next person coming in may find themselves in a situation. Um, and they, th- this was their room, effectively, from sort of one, yeah. two o'clock. You did, you didn't that wanna... the cleaners wouldn't get in there. Yeah. So I wasn't going to sully the other... It was like the three sully beds. Sully is a good word. I wasn't going to sully <laughs> the other bed. So what I did was... <laughs> God. Um, I, 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 I only had a doze. Yeah, I wasn't going to get my head yeah. down for the night. So I, 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 I pulled up and I laid on the bed that Jim had slept on. I don't know what to report back. There was... there was, there no was No aftershave smell? No, no, no. Mm. He's an incredibly clean man. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> yeah. He's a very tidy man. You wouldn't have thought anybody had been in there apart from some ruffled <laughs> all the sheets were yellow obviously no, of course they no, were <laughs> yellow duvet no he insists that's, on that in any room before he checked fresh in. daffs <laughs> fresh daffs in the room he insists yeah. on that that's all good. i can say i don't want to give away too much mm. but all i can say is that uh, he had thrown away a pair of sandals <laughs> they were had there he? in the bin Really? He, he obviously decided he was... Were yeah. they yellow? They weren't yellow, well, that's no. That's why he threw them away. Yeah, probably. happy with them. But that's all I'm prepared to say. But well, he was I a top man. He, I, I, God bless him. He let me take his... Uh, yeah. as he gave me the key and said, go and, go and have a couple of hours, Kip. So there we are. That was the day I slept in Jim White's bed. It's a very And good thankfully story. the cleaners did get in there. <laughs> yeah. And so the next person had... It was, yeah. it was pristine... Oh, right. No, it wasn't Christine. I thought you were going to say it wasn't was. Christine in <laughs> okay. the next... Yeah, so anyway, well done. That's good. Now, I've got a bit of news for you. I won't be telling that on Piers Morgan, well, but I there like, we are. No, it does slightly, it. did slightly fizzle out, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, no, I thought, it, I okay. thought it had legs. All right, good. A live gecko yeah. has been found, yeah. it found in a punnet of strawberries oh, yeah. at uh, Sainsbury's and uh, in Essex, in Basildon, in nice, Essex. Yeah. I was thinking, will they be serving those at Wimbledon this year? It's quite a nice touch. How much are geckos? <laughs> How much are... What a punnet of geckos. Why not? Yeah, got a couple. A well, only one, one gecko. You yeah, know, you yeah. Know. A restaurant is opening in London next What do they week? call it? I mean, the police, obviously, the RSPCA took it in. There's only one name they're going to call Gordon. it. Isn't it Gordon, isn't it? Yeah, how many geckos? Geckos should all get together and say, can't you come up with anything better? <laughs> Pet geckos of the world, you know. Yeah, I can't think of any... If you've got a gecko, it probably is called Gordon, isn't it? it I would it imagine, yeah, yeah. 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 Anyway, yeah, a restaurant opening in London... <laughs> you've got a gecko. Who's got a gecko? I don't know, let us know. Restaurant Who's open. Got a gecko. <laughs> Restaurant opens That's in London. Great, great for a vent act, that isn't it? Yeah. It's very true. Yeah. You don't see in a lot of ventriloquist acts. You don't. These days. They've died out. Of, what about? Yeah. I don't Britain's watch Britain's Got Britain's Talent. Got talent. Just full of magicians. There were about three or four magicians in the final. So and you saw a lot of magicians right through the whole series. There are not, some. Not there are some good modern. Um, Ventriloquists, aren't they? Sorry, you're listening to talks. Oh, no, there was there one. Are. There was one in the semi final. Yeah, I didn't like him. Actually. No, it wasn't. Was he old school? Was he drinking no, glasses? That one, a bit like the Nina Conte thing where the, you, you, yeah. the, you give somebody put them on your mouth. Famous, like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can work it and then you'd throw your voice. He was that is, good. That is he very clever. Very good. Yeah, uh, you do get some, you get some very oh, good yeah. ones, but, but um, it's a bit of a dying art, isn't it, really? Yeah, I'd say so. But because anyway. it's, they're quite scary. The, I mean, there must be a word for. Um, for fear being a of fear of ventriloquist dummies, <laughs> is there one? Because they are quite scary, aren't they? They are scary. Yeah. They're quite, they're quite fearsome. I had one they're when quite, I was a boy. Was that, they always look like kind of they always, it, it, scary old men, don't one, they? Yeah, yeah. They, there's something really weird, peculiar about them. Weird look. Have you ever met anybody who looked like a ventriloquist dummy? <laughs> yeah, our producer John Kennedy. Yeah, yeah. That's a bit harsh. Would he fit on your lap? I think he looked quite good. <laughs> well, you two do. could go out as a vent. We could do. I could work you from behind, couldn't you? Well, we could do. Oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> we could draw those two lines, the, the, the little kind of black pen down your face, just like a kind of moustache. That would be great. And 
We can do that on the road. When we go on the road later in the year, news of that to come. And you'll be coming, John. That can be... I'm out, he says. That could be... We could go on Britain's Got Talent. That would be marvellous, wouldn't it? Paul Hawksby and Cadders. Yeah, Cadders. It could be great, wouldn't it? Anyway, a restaurant is opening in London next week. I'll finally get to this. Nations League starts tonight. I know. We'll be able to talk about football tomorrow. It'll be marvellous. A nation... Nation... A, a nation. A nation awaits your next line. <laughs> a restaurant opens in London next week. Yeah. But it's a unique. Uh, you're not allowed to use your hands, and servers will put food in your mouth. There's no cutlery. The servers put the food in your mouth. I mean, wow. do they decide when you've had enough? Or is it like foie gras situation? They keep yeah. like shoveling it in. You won't it's get the mousse in there, will you? <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. What a peculiar idea. Would you want to go to a restaurant where... Well, you're fed. Well, you're fed. I mean, it's a, it's a bit, bit of a... kind of... It feels a bit like ancient Rome, doesn't it? Ancient it's Greece. It's an old idea, I think. So... How would it work? They're going to just sort of stand well, next to the, the table food. and pop it in. Okay. okay, so would you like some sprouts? I don't know. What are they going to give you? A bit yeah. of steak now? You had enough veg? You fancy a little bit of meat? <laughs> Can't um, see that What a all. job, though, to have to put food also, in people's mouths. People like to eat their food in a certain way. My wife's got this thing where she likes to chop all the food up into small little bits. It's peculiar. Is she really? What, is yeah. she five? I know. But that's how she likes to eat. Other people like to eat, you know, they'll eat the potato with the meat, with the Yorkshire, dip it in the grill. You know, everyone's got a different style of eating. You're going to have your own techniques. I can't you, see this working at all. Anyway, <laughs> same again. I'd love chatting to you. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Good to see you, Stephen. Yeah, nice to be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are. You listen to the station. You're a big football fan, aren't you? Cool. Yeah, yeah, very, very much so. I, I, I talk sport is probably my, my go-to station when I switch Brilliant. on the car or in the kitchen or whatever. So, yeah. Okay, clip that. Yeah, yes, <laughs> there we are. That's <laughs> campaign. Uh, Hearts are your club of choice. You used to go with your dad, didn't you? Yeah, I was born in Gorgie, uh, Robertson Avenue, about, uh, about half a mile from the ground. Used to go every every home game, and I used to say, if you misbehave, you're coming back next week. <laughs> but, um, yeah, my, my, my hero was Bobby Prentice. Yourself, love him watching yeah. going down the left wing. Now we know that because one of the lovely devices in in your autobiography, which is out in paperback, uh, me and the table, are these box outs you do. These little five favourite <laughs> things, and they range from your favourite food to your favourite snooker players to your favourite Hearts players, and you go yeah. through your little list of uh, uh, of uh, five in that. So there's yeah, a couple of recognisable names in there mm. for a more kind of recent years John Robertson gets in there doesn't yeah, he yeah 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 uh, John Robertson he was he was a sort of uh, number nine yeah. for, for so many years a, 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 a big hero um, I think likes of Eamon Bannon and there Craig Levine um, mm. little legends of hearts but um, yeah I, I, I sort of moved away from uh, I think the last time I was at Tynecastle was when I won my first world title I took the trophy on, on the pitch which, yeah. was, which was a great um, a great honour and uh, it was funny because I didn't have a tie on I had, to, I had to put a tie on me to be in the director's box <laughs> <Yeah. really. laughs> when you started the idea in the book of doing your Top five of the thing. Did it become something that you thought by the end of the book? Oh, well, we shouldn't thought it. Or did they come easy to you? Um, once I started, um, I thought it was only going to be about a dozen. But then um, the publishers kind of said, "Can we have one in between every single chapter?" So I had to sort of think, thinking more and more. But it was quite easy actually. I mean, it, it was good fun. Uh, it's a, a, a fascinating read. It's a re- I mean, it's an amazing story because you know you were this kind of incredible child star, really, mm. um, playing pro at sixteen. Um, and the way it all came about, I'm sure it's true of most people in a sport, whether they were given a football or a tennis racket, mm. but you got a snooker table at seven, but you became obsessed with it, didn't you, with the game? You kind of already were. You were watching it anyway, weren't you? Um, well, well, I hadn't actually... I didn't actually have w- w- watch snooker before. I, got, I was... Two weeks before my thirteenth birthday, um, my mum and I were walking along the high street in Dunfermline, where my dad had a fruit shop, and uh, she didn't have a clue what to get me for Christmas. 
and we've sort of seen this little table in, in, the, yeah. in, the, in the the window of um, John John Menzies shop other shops available obviously yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and, and she says what do you think about that and I says yeah that looks that looks cool and mm. um, yeah got it from a Christmas and uh, within two or three weeks I was making fifty breaks but didn't think anything of it. Um, and then just obviously just fell in love with the game, played every every minute I could. I could. So it, it, it just happened upon this incredible natural ability mm. that you had. You've you've obviously watched other kids at thirteen, mm. and after a few months, they're nowhere near as good as you. You just you just had it. You just it, had something it, in you. Yeah, it, it was amazing. Obviously, playing your friends, playing your family, and they they couldn't play, but you could. It was it gave you a sort of great buzz. Um, wow. Apart my, my my dad's dad died before I was born, but apparently he was a really good snooker player. Right. So whether the talent has sort of skipped a generation and come to me because my, my dad was hopeless. Yeah. Did you want, I mean, you were good at it, but you wanted to keep playing. You were loving it, were you? Simply because you, you were finding it so naturally easy. Yeah, I just, I just say I fell in love with the game. It was something I, I didn't, you know, I played football at school and badminton, but never stood out at anything, really. Mm. It wasn't especially talented at anything. But suddenly I found this thing that I was better than everyone. I was beating everyone. And even going to, um, you know, moving up to the full-size table and, and, yeah. and you know, won a, you know, winning junior tournaments within sort of five, six months. I made my first century break on a full-size table within sort of four or five months. And um, it just, it, it was, looking back, it's like weird, really, that all of a sudden this thing that you've never done before and all of a sudden you're so good at it. Yeah. It's not easy for a sportsman to dominate, but, you, I mean, you had this period, didn't you, between 1990 and 99 where you really were dominant in your sport in a way maybe no one else has ever been yeah um i think obviously steve was in the 80s did, did a similar thing um and yeah i won you know obviously five world titles in a row and it was it's a time where i almost almost took winning for granted which was like an amazing again looking at amazing feeling to have because obviously when all of a sudden you lose that the, towards the end of your career when you're not winning yeah you look back on it, it was so easy yeah <laughs> it was so easy <laughs> yeah. to win and now it was like hard you know so easy to lose it's, mm. it's a big big turnaround I know that we'll talk later on you've, you, you've yeah. you had some therapy along the way you've looked at the kind of psychology of the game um, so do you think there were times when players were beaten before they even got to the table because they were playing you they were kind of mentally they thought I can't beat this guy oh without a doubt and that's that in an individual sport that's massive mm-hmm. um, and you know I, I say that to you know if, I'm, if I talk to Judd Trump or, or these players I say that's the biggest thing now do you know do you think can you sense that the players are scared and, and you can you can you can get to it and you, and yeah. you know that they're beat before you get on the table and, and sometimes that can you know, that can give you sort of two or three rounds of a tournament before yeah. you get to the semi-final and play someone that, that's probably not mm. as, as scared yeah so, but, then, but there isn't that kind of dominance maybe that you and Steve had is there now I mean Ronnie mm. to to an extent but a lot of the guys kind of feel like on their day they, they can beat each other yeah people always say to me as a standard going up um, nowadays and, and I think generally it, there's more players playing that very high standard mm. so it's very difficult for one player now to dominate. Um, this season, you've had Neil Robertson, Judd Trump, and Ronnie share the majority of the tournaments, but not one person. I think will will do that again, just because there's so many great players now. Yeah, before a world championship, you went off uh, to a little snooker club in Essex, and we're just playing for some exhibitions and warm ups. And there was this 14 year old kid, wasn't mm. there, who uh, you took on? Yeah, yeah, it was it, it was amazing because like, you, you sort of hear through the grapevine of these. Uh, if there's a young talent somewhere, yeah. you'll say, "Oh, look out for the, this guy." And uh, and yeah, I went down to, to Essex as you say, played this exhibition. It was um, th- this young kid who I, th- I think he already had like growth. You know, he already had a beard. He was yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> he's not, like and, um, but he looked he, on the table. He was just incredible. He just he knew the shots you know positionally um, he played the shot I knew what shot he was going to play um and uh, yeah, obviously it was Ronnie. Um, yeah, and and it's just what a talent. And you knew then. You think you knew he was going to be a big a big star. Yeah, very very much so. Just just by the way he played, going going around sort of break building. That was sort of my my um, 
you know way of, of telling if a player could actually really play the game the yeah. way that they controlled the cue ball and he had that from the you, beginning your, your route into playing pro uh, as he's kind of working where you start playing for money start playing better mm. players playing at different clubs and there's a, a funny story in there you end up going to some pretty rough old pubs in yeah. Glasgow where yeah. you get you're getting the eye from these guys <laughs> and you're all cheering on their mates you think you might not get out in one piece is that still going on does it work like that still you still have to kind of pay your dues like that on um, the way up I don't know whether it goes on as much the way the way the professional game is. I, th- I think there's so many tournaments, there's Q schools and things like that. But yeah. that was that was a real way of, of of making you sort of match fit. I mean, I, I, to be honest, I didn't win many of them games. It was it was quite intimidating. Mm. Um, my manager lost a right few quid because it was him who's putting up the money. You're not Fourteen but, and fifteen, you shouldn't be on the impact, really. <laughs> I know, you? That's I know true. It was, it, and, and yeah, it was it was an experience. Yeah. Um, a lot of these clubs are not even there anymore, which was a bit of a shame because yeah. you look at it, although it was quite intimidating, it was a great atmosphere. When a sportsman dominates his sport, like a Schumacher or like yourself, like Sampras, people start to get almost get angry at them because they think you're or ruining, tiger. Yeah. yeah, or Tiger, yeah. you're ruining the sport. You yeah. know, you, <laughs> you, did you did you sense that when you when you were dominating the way that you did? Oh, very, very much so. And obviously, going back to Steve again, he was he was the same. We were both very unpopular um, in, in, in <laughs> our time, um, and and we only became popular when we started losing. That's obviously, obviously. <laughs> I know it's it's, it's, it's it's the British way, I suppose. Um, you know, the, the, the public they loved Alex Higgins, they loved Jimmy White, and Ronnie's a bit unique actually because he he wins all the time and he's popular so yeah. he's got he's got everything really yeah because, he's, got, because he's flawed he's so mm. you know he's a great player we've interviewed yeah. him a lot but he is obviously vision you know you can see it yeah he's a fan, i mean an amazing character to, to have in, in any sport i think and like steve yeah unlike you and uh, ronnie and jimmy you're kind of a bit like steve you're different sorts of characters you're much quieter when mm. you played when you're more kind of considered you weren't a particularly flamboyant character when you played the game you didn't play that aspect up did you yeah, I mean, I mean, I played, I played a very aggressive game. Mm. Um, I, you know, I obviously went went for my shots, played yeah. very little safety play and stuff. So I think I, I poss- you know, probably changed the way the game was played in that aspect. But um, yeah, I mean, I think the, the sort of you know the natural flair players. Um, you know, I, I didn't you know do the shots at the end of the frame. I didn't have the cue power to play the shots Jimmy played yeah. for a start. Um, but yeah, I think I think when I became a winner and, and not showing any emotion, I think people don't like that. I think people like to see emotion, whether you lose or whether you win. And mm. I was, to me, that was my job to go and win. And when I held the trophy, I, I, I very rarely showed much emotion because to me that was job done and, and where's the next one? We, uh, let's pick another one of the uh, five favourites. Uh, there's a corker on 290. We'll come back to that. But <laughs> yeah. there is, uh, I the quite fight. like top five favourite childhood foods. Uh, mince and tatties mince and tatties got me staple yeah haggis <laughs> supper at number four blimey yeah <laughs> <laughs> macaroni cheese at two fish and chips three and your granny's homemade soups at five yeah yeah, yeah. haggis supper every time I go back to Scotland I live down here now that's the first thing you got to get is a haggis supper <laughs> <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature sleep number smart beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together jd power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store and now save 50 percent on the sleep number limited edition smart bed for a limited time for J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. There's one memorable moment that kind of the book brought back, which when you did This Is Your Life and they mm. kind of surprised you and you said, well, I'm only 21. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of remember it that time. It was very odd, wasn't you thinking, I haven't had a life. <laughs> oh, I know. I, 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 I actually had an autobiography out that year as well. I think my manager thought this was a great idea. Yeah. 21, win the World Championship and cash in. Never, but uh, yeah, ridiculous. I couldn't believe it when, when the guy came out. This is your life. Was it Michael Aspel? Yes, Michael Aspel, oh, yeah. 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 So, how, how did you, I mean, it was a kind of meteoric rise. You're a kind of big star, very much in the kind of spotlight. It must have been pretty tough to deal with is that why ultimately you did kind of go down the therapy route a little bit later on and start to kind of make sense of it all um it no that i mean that that you know talking to someone about my career and, and my form was 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 a sort of separate thing but i was mm. very fortunate because i had a very good manager yeah and and very good family background which kept my feet in the ground and um i also think living in scotland as well um helped because you can't you know, get up yourself well, exactly no chance you. no yeah. chance um so yeah i mean in, in terms of your financial whenever one prize money i didn't get it personally it went right. to a, a company account and i was given your know, wage and so, so i was never allowed to get you know, ideas above my station. Yeah, really. and that I mean that that probably made a big difference. Didn't very it? much so. Very yeah, much so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're both fascinated, though, and this I think applies to darts players and snooker players. That when a darts or a snooker player gets old, it's not like a footballer getting old. A footballer mm. loses his physical ability. What happens to a snooker player, like a great player like you and Steve, when you just can't do it anymore? I think um, you're right. I mean, there's no physical reason why you can't play. I mean, you look at the, t- the top players now. Ronnie's Ronnie's 43. John Higgins the same. Uh, Mark Williams. But I think what goes is, is your 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 hunger to practice. Put put the hours in. Um, you know that was one of the reasons um, I retired amongst many. But mm. I just couldn't get motivate myself to get in. You know, playing that table four, five, six hours every day, which is what I've done through my whole career to mm. get to the top and and to be uh, the dominant player. And I think once you stop that, that took away the edge for me. You, you say in the book you, you don't you know you don't partic- you still go out and do some exhibitions but you don't particularly mm. enjoy playing in the way you, you did before well I, I just my, my game basically the last 10 12 years of my career was shot really um you know the, the, the term yips was you know, I hate the word but it, mm. it was I mean I couldn't accelerate through the ball I was decelerating to the point where near the end there was I mean 50 percent of the shots I couldn't play properly um you know I, I say in about the maximum I made in my last world championship six shots out of 36 I probably played properly. The other, the other, like, I didn't hit right at all, but I managed to get them and get, and get by. So yeah, just when you don't play the game the way you, you know you can, it's just not enjoyable. And you, the no, book kind of starts with you at a world knowing that this yeah. is it, this is the end, and that yeah, fascinating. You go into that last session, you're sitting there. Uh, was it John Higgins you played in that last? Uh, Steve McGuire Steve was the last match. Yeah. And you sit there and you're like thinking, well, I wonder what I'm going to do in my retirement. You, you, you're <laughs> yeah. gone, hadn't you? Mentally, you weren't even in the room. Incredible. I mean, as I say, I'd made a one four seven the first round. I'd beaten John Higgins in the second round, um, although that was a terrible match. None of us played really that well. And yeah, I went 4-0 down to Maguire. I missed an easy pink to make it 3-1. Went to the dressing room and said to the guy who was coaching me at the time, that's, that's it, can't win. 
I mean, he needed nine more frames. Yeah. <laughs> but I was just like, I was so wow. demoralised with the way, my, the way my game is. I just said, that's it. And then the rest of the match, just sat in my chair, just, yeah, as you say, thinking what's just happening next. Down. What about okay. missing out on number eight against Ebden? That, that was pretty mm. close, wasn't it? That was a, yeah. probably a different thing. That's the one match that still gives me shivers down my spine, and and I mean I I I always say this: it's the one match that I I, I completely can't believe I lost. Um, and it's no disrespect disrespect to Peter. Um, I'd had a massive semi final win against O'Sullivan in the in the semis. Um, thought that was the final. I thought whoever won that was going to win, and didn't treat Peter with the respect. I thought he couldn't beat me over over four sessions, mm-hmm. and of course he did. I mean, you did the amazing thing. You 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 injured yourself before Worlds, didn't you? Mm. I think you broke your actually yeah, fractured, fractured elbow. your elbow. Mm. And 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 at one point I thought you wouldn't even be able to play any games at all. I know. Well, I mean, I, I didn't take part. I didn't ski. I didn't take part in any sports that that would possibly injure yourself. The insurance company didn't didn't like that. So, mm. but I fractured my elbow going to the toilet in the middle of the night in my hotel room <laughs> in Sheffield. I just slipped and used my my left arm to, yeah. to break my fall. Oh. And I woke up and it was literally you know, people can't see this on radio, but literally like right angles. I couldn't cool. straighten my arm. Wow. So I had to go. Uh, I thought that's it. I can't play. Yeah. Um, and and went had to go to hospital. They they gave an injection, got rid of the, the liquid stuff, and I could straighten it slightly. Um, and yeah, was able to play on. Wow. Uh, one of the other top fives, uh, top five snooker players to watch: mm-hmm. yeah, um, uh, Ding Junhui, uh, Judd Trump, Jimmy White, Alex Higgins, and Ronnie. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex is an interesting one. I mean, what was yeah. it like the first time you played him? Because he was such a legend. How old were you? Uh, well, when I, it's, it's funny when I first turned pro in sixteen, Alex was brilliant to me. Every tournament he, he was there, he would say, "Come, come, and have a practice session. We played together." And it was, I was thinking, "Wow, this is Alex Higgins. I'm actually practicing with Alex Higgins." It was mm-hmm. amazing. Um, but then, sort of two, three. When I started to get success, all of a sudden I was the enemy. Yeah. I, I was. He just like it, yeah. it just turned. Um, <laughs> just, just an incredible character. I mean, I've never seen anyone walk in the room and change the atmosphere in a room like he could. Mm. Um, you know, usually in a bad way, unfortunately. <laughs> but um, well, but, but snooker wouldn't be where it is without no. Alex Higgins. No, you're right. He was. He was, no, he was fundamental, wasn't he? The I love the story. The last time, sadly, you saw him before he died as mm. well, when he had a little idea for you, didn't he? <laughs> Oh, I couldn't. I couldn't believe this. He, he said, "I'm going to start playing against Stephen," and I said, "Oh, okay, that's that's good, Alex." And then, then he said, "Yeah, I'm going to come up and pitch my caravan in your in your driveway, and we're going to practice together." <laughs> I said, "Oh, I'm like, oh, great." <laughs> and then he said, "Well, if you don't want the caravan, I'll just move in with you." <laughs> it was, um, yeah, it was quite scary, but um, yeah, it never happened. Wow, yeah, it was that sort of time of his life when he was, uh, yeah, he was kind of, he kept mm. talking about coming back, didn't he? Mm. Um, yeah, he, he played often. a few legends events. Yeah. Unfortunately, obviously through illness as well, he, he wasn't well. At the end, and he couldn't. I mean, he didn't look strong enough to hold the cue, never mind play. Um, yeah. and went to his funeral, but an incredible occasion. His, his funeral, like thousands of people lying mm. in the streets, amazing. There, there's uh, you've played snooker in some odd places as part of kind of promotional tours. There's, mm. there's one just after the worlds where you play on an oil rig, yeah, uh, a, a, a young offenders institute, yeah. and then the salt of Brunei's house. That's not a bad little <laughs> run, I know, a bit random, though. Yeah, yeah, I know. yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the old platform is, I've never so glad to get back on dry land after that. We had to stay overnight, and um, yeah, it was, that was pretty scary. Um, uh, the young offenders was was an interesting atmosphere to say the least. Yeah, they, um, again, they weren't the friendliest, were no, they? No, not at all. No, there's a, there, but the, the thing is, it wasn't as bad towards me. But the, to each wing that came in, there was like different noises was happening. I was like, oh, they like, get me out of here. But um, and yeah, the the, the Sultan of Brunei's son was was very keen on snooker in the, in the late eighties, early nineties, and and a few of us, what you know, individually would go to his house in Hampstead and and, and give him a, a private lesson. It was lesson. quite a nice house. It was a lovely house, yeah. You also share a love of cigars, don't you, with Andy mm. Goldstein? Because yeah. he often posts his own. Stephen <laughs> Hendry's just given me this massive 
thing from Cuba. <laughs> yeah, we, we, yeah, I've, I've been I've been into cigars about about seven or eight years, yeah. and um, yeah, we post each other these little cigar videos, and we've got we've got, we've got, we've got what we call a cigar club. It's not much of a club. I think we've only met once, but um, yeah, we enjoy it. Poker's become a love as well. You play mm. a bit, don't you? Yeah, I'd, I'm, mm. I'm, I'm on um, Party Poker. They're, they're developing a new thing which kind of teaches you how to play and shows you your weaknesses. And I'm at the moment, I'm at intermediate, which oh, is okay. kind of like just below middle. Um, but I love playing. It's, it's great. And you life. did a celebrity master chef. You got into cooking mm. a bit, haven't oh, you? I, I still haven't watched it. I've got it on tape. I really? I'm devastated I went out in the first round. It's, cooking's my, my passion, really. And the dish I went out, I could have cooked it with my eyes shut. But unfortunately, I, I, I tried to do it all at once as if someone was going to eat it. But really, I should have done piece by piece because I don't know if I'm giving much away but they eat it cold right so you, oh, don't, okay. you, don't, so you don't have to do it all at once you can I just cook each element what about that oh that's interesting it's like, so, uh, imagine tales, some of them things uh, cold tales from the show I've, I've, I've learned something I want one more box out five strangest Chinese dishes I take mm. you've eaten all of these have you yeah I've tried them bear Where's claw finished them? did yeah. you nice um, the actual the way it was cooked tasted nice but yeah. the actual texture of it no not great. Uh, anteater? What's that taste like? Um, again, again, the, the the sauce and the way it was it was was okay, but no, mm. it's it, it's bit te- Chinese. I mean, I love it now. When I first went in eighty seven, I hated it, um, yeah. but now I'll try almost anything. And it, you've got to get over the texture of things. Pig's anus kebab. Uh, not great. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was I was with my 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 my, my, my sort of uh, assistant over there, and he said we're Chinese kebabs, and he says I have this one, and he says what is it? It's, it's pork. I went okay, yeah, okay, but. Yeah, the, the smell was it. The, the aroma wasn't. There. <laughs> oh, dear. I, sh- I should have known, as you can imagine. And sort of life post snooker for you—is it, it, it enjoyable? You say you still play a bit, you still do exhibitions, you still commentate. Don't yeah, you? Well, there, there is a small legends tour. It's nothing on the scale of golf, yeah. but there is a legends tour that's on. We have six six tournaments. The World Championships actually in the Crucible in August, mm. um, which which will be cool. Um, obviously, do my, my commentating and stuff, and, and I still go to China almost every month. So brilliant, yeah, fantastic. Well, it's a it's a cracking read, and it's interesting. We were Thank talking you. earlier on you you. You kind of wanted it written by someone that wasn't a, a yes. big snooker fan deliberately. And I think it's made it a kind of very accessible read, even if you're not a huge snooker fan. So I think it was a, it was probably a good call. Thank so. you very much. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. So, Andy, do you have any joyful bits and pieces for well, us? Well, it was the reverse dinner at the uh, US Embassy last night. The reverse dinner? Yeah, we had the big dinner on Monday night. And yeah. We went through the menu. Do you want to know what they ate? Yeah, go on then, yeah. Know this. Uh, guest dined on burrata cheese with heritage tomatoes, yeah. basil and Malden salt. Yesterday we found most of the things they ate sounded like <laughs> newscasters on American CNN. TV, on These CNN. They sound like food, but this is quite a strange idea. That There's some, a reason for that. A salt, is it? Well, yes, probably. Yeah. Malden salt, I've never heard of that. Malden salt, he was on CNN. <laughs> he was, actually, yeah. Grilled fillet of beef with pom anna. No, no, me neither. Watercress puree sounds a bit bland. Yeah, celery. Cool, yeah, watercress puree. Well, these, be these two the do sound pot. like these two do sound like sisters on CN, CNN. Celeriac and Chantenay carrots. Lovely girl. <laughs> The Carrot Sisters. <laughs> one does the weather, one does the sport. <laughs> and Summer Berries. Yeah, she could be on. Oh, yeah, she's very good. Yeah, yeah. Summer Berries. She's summer berries. financial news. And vanilla ice cream for dessert. Yeah. The wines were from California. But uh, Jay Rayner, the uh, food critic, yeah. and sometimes Scourge of Mike and Parry. Friend of, uh, yeah, friend of Mike Graham's and Mike Parry's, and yeah. they're quite close. Oh, very close. Yeah, 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 yeah. He wasn't impressed. He said, basically, they're so bland, you know, but... Fair enough. Well, he didn't have to eat it, did he? He didn't. He wasn't invited. I don't no, know. I'm there, as you're as I quite know. right. Mark. So, um, oh, just a very quick one, by the way. Hmm. Um, there, his, I've got history news for for you. One of the great mysteries of antiquity uh, hmm. is may have been solved. It's the missing piece from the uh, the Lewis Chessman. 
Oh, I Medi- saw this. The medieval, yeah, incredible. And I was thinking, you should see my man Lewis Chessman. He'll save you a hell of a lot <laughs> of money. You sound a bit like an accountant, doesn't it? Yeah. Do you want a quick T20 birthday spread? One name? I, we haven't got time. Oh, all right. We haven't got time. We've got clips of the month, and here they I'll are. I'll do it tomorrow. Hawksby and Jacobs on TalkSport with Green King. Hello. That was good. I did have We're time back. in a sense. It's great to be back. We weren't <laughs> expecting to be. Can we bring you the clips of the month? Is, is that possible? We can't, we can't bring, bring the you the music. We can bring you the clips. We get the lightning seeds in. They can play it live. Yeah, if Ian Brodie's uh, in town, if he just wants to get a <laughs> fast passing. cast near London Bridge, Ian, and, uh, and just give us a rendition. But it's not going to be the same without the music, is it? Well, it might be a bit dry. <laughs> it's going to be very dry. Uh, we'll yeah. give it a go anyway. Okay. Uh, so here we are. Some particularly... One uh, of us could sing in the background. As <laughs> if we're announcing the death of a, of a monarch, <laughs> which, of course, we're not, we'd like to point out. Here are the clips of the month. And we start with Darren Goff, uh, adding H's where they're not needed and then removing them where they are. And at six, it's, it's then when we find out how good Liverpool are really hard. And have the ECB been harsh on ales... There we are. Harsh on where, where they're not needed and then where they are <laughs> needed. And uh, here's a caller to Tony Cascarino on Jim White's show, who was a touch windy. I think if Chelsea were brave enough to go with a style that could hurt United, because defensively you can get uh, Manu, you can you watch them last night. It's quite, you know, it's quite easy. I, <laughs> dirty boy, so Tony. Childish. It is childish. Uh, this is uh, this is Sam Matterface being incredibly that'll insulting. Win. You do know that. Don't Sorry, that will win that one. It probably will. Yeah, route one. Uh, this is Sam Matterface being incredibly insulting about one of the Cardiff substitutes. Uh, on the bench, Brian Murphy, Richards, Cunningham, Harris, Healy, Zahor. No need for that. That's a bit much, isn't it? No need for that. It'd be after you, old Healy. <laughs> it's Jim White now, who was chatting to football agent Rachel Anderson, who at one point represented a legendary West Ham left back. So where did it go from there then? You you, you took mm. over Julian's business interest, Lock, Stock and Barrow, and, and you did yeah. deals for dicks. It's a fairly unfortunate <laughs> turn of phrase, really, isn't it? It's really, yeah. Uh, now, it's just before nine o'clock on the weekend sports breakfast, but we appear to be a presenter down. Don't worry, Ian Holloway can cover. Hello, and here we go. Georgie's off into the toilet, and I have been told to queue to the news. Too much information, Ollie, <laughs> really. really. We don't really need to know that. <laughs> and finally, it's Fisherman's Blues, and Nigel had some movie news. Um, we're hoping to talk about a new film called Pond Life. Yeah, it sounds good. It sounds um, great, right. yeah. I think we've got a theme tune for it, I haven't we? We have. Confidence is a preference for the habitual voyeur of what is known as... Pond life. A morning suit can be avoided if you take a route straight through what is known as... Pond life. John's got Brewers group. He gets intimidated by the dirty pigeons. They love a bit of him. Together. Pond life. Who's that gut lord <laughs> marching? You should cut down on your pond life, mate. Get some exercise. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Just before we go, we give you the winner of the Clips of the Month. 60% of you went for uh, Ian Holloway. It was uh, Weekend Sports Breakfast. <laughs> uh, Ollie was left in charge. Uh, Georgia just popped out. One presenter light. Uh, this is what happened. Hello, and here we go. Georgie's off into the toilet, and I have been told to queue to the news. <laughs> uh, beautifully done, Ollie. Beautiful. Beautifully done. Georgie, thank you for that. 
So there we are. That was this afternoon's show. And, yeah, uh, I'm not going to that restaurant where they force feed you. Yeah, I'd like to watch that, though. <laughs> I suppose like being a baby, when you've had enough, you just kind of clam your mouth shut and they start going, choo-choo, here comes the train. They start doing that. Do you wear a little Tommy Tippy? Yeah, it sounds And good. all you go... And just spit it all out again. Maybe it's that. That's a good Maybe idea. it's for old businessmen who like putting a, you know, there is a market for that, well, isn't there? there? Is market, like putting on a Tommy Tippy and getting in a high chair. High court judges, oh, isn't it? Anyway, we'll see you tomorrow. Marvellous. We'll see you. A dog Maybe turn, just me yeah. then. Uh, we'll catch up with you tomorrow. Thanks for downloading us. been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.